going to be an absolutely riveting conversation about what we're going to do mm-hmm. so i had a few ideas um which i'm going to struggle to remember all of a sudden but my list um of conversation points um mm-hmm. around like kind of what we could record an actual episode about um i sort of noticed it was doing a couple of things i guess it was going into more detail about the uk issues and then um sort of slightly broader detail with international ones because of the lack of coverage i probably have a lack of knowledge um Mm -hmm. so it's probably i think that's a thing we were talking about we could potentially look to solve we could even yeah like we could do things mixture of um animation and like kind of live production Mm -hmm. using the conversation a little bit like um um, midnight gospel kind of yeah 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 turns a conversation into something that was never even essentially as in yeah metaphorically represent say mm. like kind of in a yeah because uh, conversation is always like quite a dynamic and interesting way of presenting it because there's always two like slightly different spins on stuff and like if it's something you're trying to explain then you've got the advantage of someone who you're actually trying to explain it to and all that, all that kind of stuff i think it will probably come to um be that i have less time to do the in-depth diving but i can kind of um on a sort of surface level be able to spot things that are worth talking about and Mm -hmm. fire them your way and maybe um you can do the deep dive and i will as well when i can um ready for conversation and then because i will have a slightly less involved level of understanding when i come to talk to you about it i can act as a sort of an anchor point that sort mm-hmm. of tries to make sure make sense of what we're talking about yeah no, that'd be good dynamic i think okay that sounds good um and then i think that it would be quite good for us to try and avoid the uk us bias of coverage to yeah. some extent um definitely us because in terms of like podcasts because i listen to quite a lot like there's definitely in terms of le- like left political podcasts there's like a, a lot of them which kind of became big in the US and then like even even UK like uh, like much less and then I guess to possibly as a result of the bias of like what I'm listening to like yeah. less internationally but for sure there's like a US bias are you aware of how many are you aware of in the UK um not many and they're, and they're a bit more niche and a bit more like sectarian like they're a bit more like a really specific angle it's like um uk trotskyists or like uh yeah. like the socialist party podcast or something like that like i don't think there's many like big big names and i know a couple of like british co-hosts who do one on like the horror vanguard where they talk about different like horror movies and properties like with a political lens and stuff like that but there's not many general uk ones that are big at least as far as i'm aware well, hopefully we can start to rectify that and um, there'll be more that follows because I don't think we can do the mm. job on our own. In um, terms of I'm... multimedia, Navara is like, I guess, the kind of yes. big one. Yeah, which is where I spend a lot of my 
time that I can now. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's interesting because you gave me that listening list of uh, podcasts to start listening to. And I've, I've started mm. on things like Antifada and... Mm. Um, Best of the Left is quite a good like compilation. Um, yeah. Majority There's Report. One, Majority FM, yeah. Um, so I'm going to start doing more of that homework as well. And mm. we're going to start adding to that list. The um, thing that I noticed even about the UK-based um, outlets, including Navara, mm. and this is kind of, I'm going against my own interests because I find American politics very interesting. And obviously the UK is very much specifically related to our lives. Mm. Um, and so is going to naturally attract a lot of our attention. Um, but I am uh, disappointed by the amount of international sort of view, like kind of topics being covered in um in in all like i mean the recent russian protests um the india the protests in india which i um sort of retrospectively know more about than i did even at the like kind of when i was vaguely aware and i was only vaguely aware because i was listening to navara media and and Mm. they sort of and and viewers i think it was a super chat or something that had kind of brought that to their like not their attention they were aware of it but it was a really busy political time in international news in terms of like the american um presidential campaign i can't quite remember what was going on but um obviously there was always something going on so mm-hmm. it sort of it's difficult to make sure that they all get their fair share of airtime yeah um, and especially probably those topics are, are probably covered quite well in the language in the country that specifically focus on their own country as and i'm sure like there's you know russian media in the russian um, yeah, but the Russian media is um, state-owned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But as in, like, you know, more independent. Yes. But yeah. then there's a good place for, like, English-speaking that kind of connects up struggles and different issues, like, internationally and trying to talk of, like, connected issues. Good role for us to try and play. Um, so, yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. I think um, from a perspective of trying to paint a picture of the... Um, something that has been sticking out to me over the last uh, week or so. I mean, obviously, every week that it just feels like there's a. I, I live every week by a theme of uh, mm. <laughs> thought and, and of thoughts, and then move on to next. And one this week has been um, how asleep the general population seems to be, and and how unaware of the um, of what's going on, mm-hmm. and. What seems to be different this time versus the the um, I think history, by the way, is, is something as well as looking forward and something that I think we'll always be very inclined to want to talk about yeah. is the future. Um, I thought also that would be uh, like slightly unique and a good like focus for us if we're also like taking what's going on now and then like quite often using it as a like uh, jumping off point for talking about possible future things because there's not many that are that forward looking. And because like new kind of left media in general is quite kind of uh, new and like an exciting thing to be involved in, that I think that's quite an underplayed perspective on things. So that also would be good for us to cover. I think the, the I was going to say that I think that there is a big there is a large role for history to play in the conversation as well um, when it comes to talking about what we think is a realistic possible future. Um, and that um when looking at history we will probably have to take into consideration some pretty radical differences between now and previous times that similar dynamics have played out which are 
sort of obviously that could probably be said about every kind of round of um like every cycle that we we seem that the world goes through but um and transition between those different points in history that we've spoken about in the past and i lose um give me the give me the name of one of those uh feudalism thank you um and so what i was thinking of um today actually having a call today and i mean to be honest i'm now going to end up having a lot of calls um at work and turning 30 minute catch-ups into (laughs) very Mm. political conversations probably um i was um having a conversation about the fact that um whilst we've been through these things before because um the point was raised that um we've we've come to moments like this in the past and they they come you know we come through um and i think that was one of the times that i the the, the theme of um sleeping whilst things are happening kind of um came to mind and i mentioned that idea like kind of the the fact that um we do seem to be asleep as a as a population as a world as like kind of in general i mean i'm, I'm aware of the um varying levels of um immediate impact that these challenges are having on people's lives and, and therefore their probable kind of interest in the sort of the, the solutions um but mm. as as a whole um there are generations worth of people that are sleeping um in the face of the issue um and that whilst these tr- these these events have happened in the past the thing that's different this time is the speed at which it's happening in front of us mm. and if we've been able to correct it in the past if and by we i mean humanity if like sort of you know there's been resolutions and 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 ultimately you know good point we, we've thinking back to sapiens that we were reading recently and um that point that he sort of raised because that's because one thing one thing i was thinking about in terms of if we're covering you know the more removed from our, our experience now um the more context we need to kind of fill in so if we're talking about historical things or we're talking about international things I suppose each thing like that, in order to condense it down and explain it to someone who doesn't know much of the context, it will involve more research and more like uh, understanding, which like depending on how many sources are available to us in different places, you know, a lot of it will basically be translation of contexts, both historical and international, which would be Mm -hmm. quite interesting. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Yeah. And I think to finish the point of, of yeah. kind of that idea of um, the speed that things are happening um, being so different this time around, mm. I am most um, in, in, inspired to action by the um, possibility that the internet and media and the way that they are catalyzing conversation in a way that's sort of setting, it's like a kind of a fire that's spreading, isn't it? And it's mm-hmm. kind of like, um, it seems... So that's that's the difference this time, and it you know it's played out over ten decades you know before, and and this time it could play out over five years. I mean, I'm not saying it yeah. will, but I mean it, it, that's where we we are now, isn't it? Yeah, and talking about like, the population being asleep in some way, it's also not just like that people aren't aware of things. It's also a breakdown in people's ability to like imagine themselves as a subject, like capable of acting in some way within this larger context. Um, so like that's the whole kind of idea of capitalist realism and stuff where it, like the very kind of uh, negotiating process between an individual subject and the state at large has like been broken down. And so 
even where people are perfectly aware of all kinds of things, they find it difficult to orientate themselves um, in response to that or like what action can be taken or, you know, so as well as the speeding up of that process, it's also like a, uh, it's been complicated by both like material factors and bad actors who like have a vested interest in that happening. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, definitely. I think I think it feels like, um, and this must always have been a, a challenge when um, coming like being brought to action and mm. and sort of um, the, the the idea that things get to a point where there needs to be a revolution or you know whatever mm. um, that su- suggests that there's almost this sort of um, things get bad before they get better and it shouldn't hopefully we can talk about a future where that doesn't have to be the cycle that we keep going through um but but they get they have to get bad enough to draw everybody to action and and actually when you think about it in the terms of like sort of bringing countries and the world to a place where they can all come together and and make their voice heard um i mean the scale at which that's been done in the past and i mean recently in you know sort of india and russia like the way the the sort of the 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 way that everybody is coming together, um, it shows it can be done. But one of the things that is potentially um, almost a very pessimistic viewpoint that seems to be, um, uh, I almost made reference, I'm going to make reference to the call earlier today, but it was a really interesting mm-hmm. call. And, and this is like kind of um, uh, absolutely um, just a, a useful reference point for me. And um, when, the person I had the call listen to listens to this. He should know that this is with hmm. absolute respect. Um, that I um, thought that the in, the interesting thing is when pessimism becomes labelled as realism, and that the normalisation of being relatively pessimistic about our ability to have an impact on the overall structure of things and the way that things operate, um, and the idea that being realistic about it is to come to the conclusion that we can't do anything about it, mm-hmm. um, is something that seems to be uh quite omnipresent in yeah. our society at the moment very pervasive like the idea that uh things become more overdetermined in a system when like the belief the mainstream belief is that they are that way like it's kind of self-fulfilling and that's mm-hmm. the idea of also like depoliticization where it's like when individuals within the system like basically despair at any positive action they become depoliticized and kind of wash their hands of the possibility of change. And then it continues to become more difficult. It's, an, it's interesting because that whole idea of sort of despairing at um, positive political change or kind of the idea of, um, I, I think that's what I took from what you just said. I mean, mm. there's um, the um, something that I'm doing at the moment when mentioning to people that I'm becoming interested in these things um, and in politics is potentially a way that kind of, you know, it, it becomes easy to, to potentially label. Um, I'd maybe political economy. Yeah. Um, and yeah because also economics is going to be the other one. That I, yeah. The idea of probably like consciousness and like either class consciousness or, you know, different types of consciousness of basically subjects within a political economic system. I think that will cover like, the broadest level of what we're discussing usually um i also think it's good to like cite our sources in terms of what we're currently reading because that will like influence our, you know the way we talk about stuff um because i'm currently working through um postmodernism 
um, The Cultural Logic of Late Capitalism by Jameson. And you're currently reading? Um, well, I'm working on the Communist Manifesto. Um, and I'm also working on uh, fully automated luxury communism. Mm. Um, but that comes back to actually that idea that um, we were talking about last week um, about conflicts of interest yeah. and um, the general idea that it would be really good for people to declare their, their conflicts of interest um, early on mm. in conversation or as, a, as an ability for people to when they when when a, a point of contention comes up in a conversation to be able to drill down to that to where it is that people and a general thing that we've been speaking about recently of, of communicating better to, with one another being able to sort of have those conversations rather than close up because we disagree with someone um mm -hmm. and and the general requirement for that to be a thing that happens um in order for a lot for the de-escalation of you know some of the um violence and polarization um that mm. is is coming out from from everything that is going on at the moment but i'm also kind of aware at the same time of um the fact that um i don't want us to well i want us to put out the fire you know i want us to by solving it and not in such a way though that the cycle continues and mm. um it's an interesting one around the kind of idea of um well so biden kind of becoming president and trump being um banned from social media and that kind of mm -hmm. all of the things that are going on at the moment in order to sort of de-escalate the issue and sort of um and yeah people are saying a few things that six months ago for whatever reason and this is a big problem you know they weren't saying you know and and there's still so many things that they're not saying but they're saying a bit more in order to um put to bed the um and, and hopefully quieten everybody up and and put in theory sort of the left to sleep um mm. and um and that worries me as well because I, I want us to solve the problem i want us to put out the fire um and when i say us i do not mean this podcast i mean mm. everybody um and um uh but i don't want to do it in such a way where you know there's still an ember that can sort of i think that's what maybe the the, the the fact that the problem is different this time in some ways, like the speed it's happening and everything and potentially the, how, how bad it's going to get before it gets better. And I mean, it, it's done that before. I mean, maybe it won't get, I, I want to look into the history of, of when it's happened in the past and, and what sort of life was like, you know, for the people who were struggling in those moments as well, because I'm thinking of the people who are struggling that can't, you know, feed their family right now and in, in that 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 poverty exists in first world countries and obviously to such a greater extent in um third world countries and i mean is um that, that that's so much um it's something that i want to understand about past iterate the past cycles um but we all need to um it would be so good if we could find a way to um really create change in 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 this in, in a global system wouldn't it yeah so let's do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well one of the things we want to do today is name the show yeah and the current theme of conversation has been about the po the population sleeping and general and the general sort of overarching uh conversation the, the way the way the things that we're interested in talking about mm -hmm. um is as you put it sort of related to consciousness mm -hmm. um so 
I was thinking that the name should be um, something to do with uh, with that sleeping consciousness um, being awake. Um, anyway, we can revisit, but just to plant that seed. Hmm. I had an idea of one term which would be good, which was kind of interesting, which is like um, to do with like left communication. The idea that like uh, some of the central things we're talking about is like leftist perspectives on things and trying to effectively communicate the kind of um, struggles and like perspectives and terms and all this stuff, like trying to communicate really effectively um, to a kind of broader audience. Um, And like the term left com um, is already like a a specific ideological perspective, which is like left communism, which is like historically um, it's basically like radical left in the sense that it's a term for, critiques of communist agendas from the left mm-hmm. um and so like something to do with like left comms or like left i don't know i thought it'd be something interesting to do with that where it's like left communication and also like left communism is it potentially um going to isolate the um the people that it attracts to listen to it and is its purpose to try and to communicate to those people and show them uh kind of that we're thinking kind of you know i I just what i'm conscious of doing is yeah i think i know what you mean yeah um because i it comes back to the point that i'd sort of almost i must have drifted off of um was um when i mentioned to people that i'm becoming interested in politics then i was like is it politics is like as in uh, what, what, what do we even call it um is that i almost also have to follow up at the moment for whatever reason who knows um because i'm a human um and i kind of am conscious of the fact that like kind of um they might think oh is he you know i i, I follow up and say i'm not that I want to be a politician or whatever. And I mean, from that perspective, it's because I'm, I don't agree with the system that that would be buying into. Um, not that I sort of wouldn't want to have an impact that potentially, you know, in a system that was functioning in, in theory, that role is supposed to be playing. Um, mm. But because of the fact that it sort of doesn't play that role. Um, and I think that that whole sort of, one thing I don't want to lose track of as I, progressively learn more about this and continue to um judge myself in in the way that i sort of am trying to make sure i don't become i want my biases to be ones that are built on values and and principles which are grounded in sense and logic and um so when um i adopt something as a bias which allow which i allow to sway my um the people's perception of me and i think that i um will i I take a a level of um sort of persuading in order for me to express a bias enough that someone associates it with me um and i I kind of um realize that the, the various ones which are most convincing when you come to learn them and hence the conversations around the idea that it's difficult to communicate sort of leftist uh leftist theory and and whatnot without having airtime and um, with more than 30 seconds to speak about it. Uh, that, that the, the way that it is dismissed in, if you are not careful about walking carefully, you, you know, as in um, so that people hear you out. Um, I guess one of the things I'm kind of coming at with this is the name of the podcast and the way that 
I'm maybe going to guide conversation, mm-hmm. um, at least in, at, at the beginning, tell me if you disagree, I think is to try and be more inclusive. And, you know, the, the viewpoint is one that benefits everybody. And overall, we will talk about where it's grounded and what theory it's grounded in and, and where that's coming from. But, um, but the conversation is to be had, you know, rather than pre. Mm. Well, it's kind of how you orientate yourself. Cause like podcasts like the Antifada are kind of like ones you would arrive at once you've already kind of come to those kinds of politics. And then it's more like debating in that area yeah. and like, yeah. you know, rather than like what, that's what I mean in terms of being the thin end of the wedge. Like yeah. if, if we're kind of more like almost, I don't know, less, less, less pinned down to a, an end point. So it's a bit broader well to start with in terms of like why don't we coming start into... the first half of every episode without baggage and then mm. halfway through check in our baggage yeah <laughs> get a baggage reclaim <laughs> <laughs> yeah. why don't why don't we why don't we go there should maybe there's a, a a midpoint in the podcast where we've we started without baggage and we're talking more bright more widely mm. um and we get so if to a halfway point that feels halfway, you know, it might not be to the minute, um, could even be after 10 minutes and one and towards the end in another, but we check in our baggage and we, um, and we talk about a specific theory or thought process or something that is close to us or something that we maybe isn't specifically that, but we've read up on a theory or ideology or something that we want to discuss and debate on the, on the podcast, which in, involves the baggage. Hmm. Hmm. And the idea of going on a journey, like going, like flying somewhere, is like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go the journey, and then we check in the baggage or whatever. What's the? Kind of it's got to, we've got to play into. We've got to play into that. I feel like there's something there. Um, hmm. Does it leave something behind about, something about a trip or a journey or like travel? Um. A, a left a trip to the left. Hmm. Yeah, but like I like the idea of like of of um, travel to the left or something that's around that because it's kind of like going on that journey from like some presumed like neutral point, which obviously like is itself mm. kind of dripping in context and baggage, right? Which is yeah, like yeah, the whole yeah. point of of a larger view. But like that idea of sort of starting in as mainstream a possible place in terms of like a broad perspective, and then like d- going on that journey and not taking anything for granted on the way would be quite a good completely yeah that, that i think that takes and i think rather than the podcast like kind of, i'm sure that there will be um as a you know over the course of the years that we produce it and the that the, the journey gradually will assume some baggage you know sort of as a yeah. part of, kind of where we are in our journey but equally i think that in each individual podcast should try and make a conscious effort to mm. have a period of time at the beginning of it where we haven't checked in our baggage yet yeah, but that's really interesting though because also you know we're talking about the way that like when you kind of learn more about stuff you will naturally move in some direction uh like say you're imagining the political compass like you will naturally mm. if you if you don't look into anything you will naturally be somewhere around the middle because like that's just the kind of way that kind of living in a society works um and so and then like both of us to different degrees at different times have like learned more and like you know moved in some direction um that I think framing it around that as a thing which basically answers both um, we're talking to specific things kind of at the end of that, but also going from the start of it, make building that kind of journey into the actual medium would be quite interesting. And one which 
most of the ones that I can think of don't do because they kind of start in the place like you might jump between different properties as you move to the left like say I might listen to the majority report first and then be like well now most of my ideas are left to the left of them and so I'll find a podcast like the Antifada so even and and like as we go along that journey challenging kind of the assumptions of each place on that kind of going further what would that mean and that idea yeah critiquing it well, on the way i think that's quite an interesting yeah definitely i definitely think it would be good to um critique uh ourselves be self-critical uh in in that sense yeah um i think that it would be also quite good to um try and make sure that as we gradually go further check in on new ideas and and, and theory um and sort of continue our journey that someone tuning in in six months time mm. has just as much of an opportunity to check us out um as... yeah because also the podcast will naturally go on a journey so something to do with journey or travel would like on every level kind of binds it together in quite a cool way i like trip to the left yeah so i also <laughs> like the cool. idea that, yeah I, I quite like the idea you that you stumble. sort of yeah exactly that <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah stumbling through like as in mm, mm, um that's and... good that's good that's very good got a name mm. I, I i'm i'm game for just sort of like running with something yeah yeah um because I, I like what we can do with that and i like the idea that we can continue... running and if you trip it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's like that whole uh move fast and break things like kind of yeah. um um but it sort of um it makes a lot of sense because we are on a journey and the idea is that kind of that journey has at least uncovered enough to us right now that we feel we need we can play a role in mm. um a positive it, role in, in it yeah it even works on another level where like do you remember one of our original ideas for a different kind of podcast was um that one like forced perspective where we kind of argue for the other side than we think to try and like flesh out complexity um yeah. That, that I even like the idea that like that phrase could also mean like a trip to the left could be like someone who doesn't agree with those ideas, um, you know, just having and a trip like, there yeah. and seeing what it would yeah. be like. Um, mm-hmm. And that like through doing that, you always like understand more than you would otherwise. So there's even like another meaning. I think it works on a lot of different levels. minimum wage um i think that it's um something that needs talking about from a global perspective but also um uk us um with us just passing what i from my understanding have seen as being 15 dollars and it being headlines and and if you follow yeah you by t- 2025 <laughs> okay thank you for that clarification because the headline doesn't give you that yeah. um and um i remember recently reading about the fact that if the minimum wage had kept up with the inflation of the economy and everything that it would be around productivity yeah it would be around 30 pounds an hour right now yeah um yeah so 15 dollars being in pound value nearer 10 10 to 12 dollars like yeah and how and how in, in a lot of countries they already do that to an extent where like they every year at least annually they kind of like update minimum wage to be in line with inflation and growth and things yeah. 
so like in, in like um kind of scandinavian countries quite a lot in that kind of model there you go so that's a point of um contention and to talk about the other thing i wanted to talk about was um uh the biden bernie dynamic mm. and the impact that both of them are going to have over this sort of presidency as we yeah. talk uh biden was inaugurated um last week now a, a week ago today i think it was um and um so and and the, the things that he did within the the immediate hours following his inauguration and the the, the hours following mm. um and already spotting a general theme in conversations that i have with people that i speak to that he's doing a good job and my worry that that's going to put out the fire before it's sort of you know um mm. uh fully dealt with um from a UK perspective, I think we need to talk about Keir Starmer's leadership of the Labour Party and yeah. what's going on at the moment there. Um, I think that the point that we made about the lack of media coverage of international issues is mm. one that we've already touched on in the conversation. And but also media bias generally and like... Um, yeah, for sure. The kind of biases of media and like to what extent we have a free media and things like that. Yeah, and the fact that the two in the UK, the two news outlets there that are re- that are going to sort of be launched in the, the coming months, kind of as if, if someone doesn't succeed at preventing it, mm-hmm. um, like Jeremy Corbyn's mm-hmm. gen- kind of, uh, peace and justice project, then um, the, the 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 general bias of the media outlets is going to swing further to the right and, and be pulled that way um, by the, the new outlets. Something else that I wanted to talk about was um, an interesting point of, um, for, for me, more directly sort of um, impacting the lifestyle choices that I'm making at the moment around veganism, vegetarianism, sort of a whole mix of trying to move towards sort of not having animals animals involved in the products that I consume. Um, and the EU legislation that's being fought in court to prevent vegan products from using words such as dairy and packaging the products in um kind of in in, in um packaging that looks like a milk bottle or looks like a yogurt carton um, they're currently mm. trying to pass legislation that prevents businesses from saying something is creamy um because ah. uh, they don't want to basically they know that this is coming and they're trying to stop it as quickly as they can and so i want to talk about the the corruption within those sorts of um mm legal battles as well um yeah, that's interesting i want to talk about the uh nhs briefly from the the from england's perspective from the uk's perspective and um the way that it's been assaulted by the government but also sort of worn as the the gem on the crown as to how they've handled the pandemic when absolutely nothing that the government that has done has helped the nhs and do what it has done and the mental health issues that are going to come from it following the pandemic with nurses and hospital staff and firefighters who are having to move bodies and everybody that's doing what they're doing and seeing death as often as they are on a day-to-day basis and mm. then they go into then it's going to you know hopefully it will, it will slow down and stop but these people who haven't been able to slow down and stop for all this time mm. are going to have a moment of realizing what they've been dealing with um and and it's it's going to be pretty i, I just yeah i can't imagine what they've gone through mm. I want to talk a bit about Australia. Google has uh, recently said that it is going; it will pull its services from Australia oh, yeah. if they pass um, the law that ensures that news outlets get paid the commission based on the revenue generated by their articles being used by Google in their services. That's mm-hmm. that's my understanding of it. I need to look into it more, but I want to talk about 
the monopolization of um, the the internet and the way that Google has the power to threaten the removal of its services as a part mm. of the passing of legislation, which is going to cause it to contribute to the people that it's using. Yeah, they're basically monopolies like wield the kind of power that like in theory um, labor is supposed to you know, like withholding services is meant to be like a tool of the kind of working class to remove powers of production, where really like the kind of monopolized forces of capital at large that have become monopolies are then basically in such a point of utility that they any threat to remove their own services in that way could be like catastrophic and such an impact, such a kind of thumb on the on the scale in terms of like writing legislation. Well, that that plays into the conversation around ethics of AI and technology and as well, because Mm. um, the more that an automation, you know, the more that these these that labor is automated and and that we will lose the power, the the, the power that we've got in order to make change. You know, Mm. so, I mean, maybe that's one of the races that we're currently kind of we're in and we've got to use the power we've got left uh, as a society to um make our point heard before we as as individuals no longer have the the value which will allow us to make our point heard um mm-hmm. you know dri- train drivers um saying that you're putting me out of a job by making this train self-driving um will no longer have much of a say when the train is self-driving yeah that like automation can be used to like in different ways that could be emancipatory or like oppressive, but that like the very forces that we have currently in our toolkit to try and make them uh, go the way that's beneficial to the majority of people are kind of being replaced by that process unfolding. So if you lose that race, there's kind of nowhere to go. Yeah, 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 and and I mean, it's not to say that when you know I read the headline. I remember a few years ago the the the, the London tubes and the drivers sort of. Um, I think it was strikes around the self driving um, uh, trains on the tube lines um, that I'm sort of harking back to when I remember thinking, but self driving trains makes a lot of sense, and and I think it's very clever how the value of the technology that's being created can be spun against the um, the individuals that are most impacted by them. Mm. Um, in you know, we, we're not necessarily. I'm not necessarily arguing for trains not to be automated, but the people that are you know working on the trains right now, what are they going to do? How are they going to survive? Yeah. The system ready for those people to be put out of work? Yeah, the very idea that like the system, the system based on like um, kind of wage labor means that like. In theory, it's a good idea to be able to automate as much labor as possible. So there's like less kind of physical work needing to be done to just kind of maintain society. But they're equally like when people's livelihoods and like conditions of their lives are tied so fundamentally to their work and to what they're able to do through wage labor to support themselves means that like that process becomes a tool that's wielded against the working class in the opposite of like is spelled out in the book to the extent they understand like the premise of fully automated luxury communism, like the way that automation could be used as like a, as a good for majority in society. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it kind of reminds me as well of that. Uh, I can't remember where I read about this, but the, the age of retirement and um, mm. sort of when, when everything is like that, you know, what, how are we going to all be sustained and, and kind of have an, uh, have a fair shot at, kind of earning enough to feed ourselves um mm-hmm. 
And then my final point on my list is uh, on the education system and uh, the the I mean the deficiency of the, um, the the people involved in the UK again. You know, sort of um, biased by our our own experience of it, but um, you know, in the UK with uh, the education secretary sort of being. Yeah. So absolutely shockingly bad, um, but kind of getting away with it because everybody around him is 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 almost as incompetent. Um, mm. And um, and the fact that n- no children have computers uh, or very you know I say no children yeah. is a very gen- massive generalization. But but children. And the idea of broadband and like do you remember in like the Labour manifesto yeah. and stuff like the ideas that were derided are now like so obviously needed. And and seen as radical, and mm. it's sort of like you know um, the the cost of it. I remember kind of costs being quoted of doing that and everything, and and the idea. That, but when you look at it, I mean, it, and it reminds me of I think it was Aaron um, on Navarro Media uh, sort of talking about um, the um, the tr- the train lines when they went out of being you know went into public ownership and uh, and privatization had failed them you know the yeah. best train lines were the ones that were in public ownership and then they were yeah. privatized again and it failed two or three times one of them and it was it won awards for being the best train line whilst it was in public ownership mm-hmm. um things like that you know kind of the um the privatization of all these things which are required for our um daily lives are uh, is a problem so let's put episode 1 of trip to the left um to bed we're landing it we're, we're going to land and um we'll be back on uh next week for episode proper the first full episode the first proper episode of trip to the left continue our trip exactly speak to you then Astrid answers the door. We're gonna have a little talk. What are we gonna do about the global situation that we're coming through? Sorry, I muted you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you left me alone for too long, friend. <laughs> <laughs>